They cruise those roads overnight, often after midnight, looking for easy kills. It appears that there is a direct line between illicit deer poaching, very dangerous practice, and low-level organised crime. Now, suppressors or silencers in this country, in Australia, unlike New Zealand and some other jurisdictions, are highly illegal. I'm Andrew Rule. This is Life and Crimes. Today we're going to talk about the death of an electrician who was run down on a lonely road up past Mansfield a couple of years ago, and how his death is connected to an outbreak of illegal deer poaching right through the high country. It's a big problem, but one that most city people know nothing about. The dead man was 38. He was a local sparky, well-liked by locals because he was good at what he did. He was married but separated, father of a couple of kids and regarded by all who knew him as a good bloke and a good citizen. Such a good citizen, in fact, that when he went to the Jamison pub up the road from where he lived at the little town of Jamison, out past Lake Eildon, he would walk home rather than drive because he wanted to be a responsible citizen. And it was that decision that ultimately cost him his life. It happened on a Saturday night in November of 2017. It had been a big day up around Jamison. There'd been a a local festival. There'd been a lot of visitors there. There'd been a lot of good times had. And a few people ended up in the pub on the Saturday night, including Bryce Ayres. And after Bryce had enjoyed the evening and quite a few beers, he headed home down the road towards his house, which was more on the outskirts of the town. Um, because it was a reasonably dark night, he followed the white line on the road because, of course, it's a lonely country road and he would, in a normal course of events, be able to see headlights coming his way or hear a motor and be able to step off the road and let any car go past. Not that you would be expecting many cars at that hour in that place. And what happened was, and this is well after midnight, suddenly Bryce Ayres was struck with a bright light, which he later told someone who found him he'd been struck by lightning. Bryce died that night before he got to hospital in Mansfield. But the fact is, he wasn't struck by lightning. He certainly was struck by a car, and almost certainly by a car driven by a deer poacher. We know this, and the police know this, because what the deer poachers in that district do is drive along the local roads with their headlights off, looking through infrared rifle sights to see if they can see deer in the dark. Now and again they flick on their handheld spotlights and look out the side of the darkened vehicle to see if they can pick up deer in the light. What police believe happened is this that a car has come along the road with its headlights off in the pitch black dark and suddenly it's turned on the spotlight and at that second has hit Bryce Ayres. And that's why Bryce Ayres associated the sickening jolt of being struck with the sudden flash of light, which made him think he'd been struck by lightning. And what happened was that a couple of other people came along 
Sometime later and found his body on the road. He was then still alive. They desperately tried to ring triple zero to get help, to get an ambulance, but their phones were out of range in that particular spot. It was a black spot. And so they took off and ran to a place several hundred metres away where they could get reception, by which time one of Bryce's friends had turned up and found him lying on the road and eventually the ambulance and the police came and he was taken to hospital where, of course, he was dead on arrival. But the death of Bryce Ayres underlines a growing problem right through Victoria's high country. And this is the problem of feral deer, which are a problem in themselves, and of some of the people who hunt them. And we do not mean by this the vast majority of law-abiding deer hunters. There are many, many hundreds and thousands of legitimate deer hunters who stalk deer in the high country, who shoot safely using the right methods and the right equipment, and who then pack the meat out and use it responsibly. And that is a good thing, because there are far too many sambar deer in Victoria's high country. They have become a menace and a curse right through the country from the outer suburbs of Melbourne, like Lilydale, Healesville, Yarra Glen, right across to Gippsland and up to northeast Victoria. And in fact, police say that there is a circuit of roads joining up all those areas, running from, say, Terrelgan at the Gippsland end, over to Hayfield and Lacola, and up into Woods Point, Jamison, down through Mansfield, around to the King Valley, and then around to the Yarra Valley. And the police believe that there are cowboys, poachers, who go out at night using spotlights, and they cruise those roads overnight, often after midnight, looking for easy kills. And they say these guys use the infrared sights, they use spotlights illegally because it is illegal to carry a weapon and a spotlight inside a car at the same time. They are illegally spotlighting from roads and often very close to houses. And this is why it is unbelievably dangerous because people are using really high-powered deer rifles which can send a bullet several kilometres and could kill a person at several kilometres are powerful enough to go through anything but a brick wall. One of these bullets could go through a car and kill the occupants. It could go through a normal timber dwelling and go through several walls and still kill somebody because these are the sort of projectiles needed to kill deer. Sambar deer are very big deer. They're the common Asiatic deer, but they are now more common in Australia than anywhere else in the world. They were imported here, as many things were back in the 1800s, because people thought it would be nice to have some deer roaming around on park-like estates and so on and so forth, and they multiplied. And for decades, they were known only in the high country, where they were reasonably hard to find and reasonably hard to shoot. But in the last 20 to 30 years, they have multiplied exponentially. And some bushmen say that it is the big fires have helped the deer to have a population explosion. The theory is that when you have a big fire through the high country, it clears out the undergrowth and promotes new growth, new leaf growth on the lower reaches of the trees, new shoots grow, little suckers grow, and it is the perfect fertile ground for deer 
to eat more than usual, to breed more than usual, and to multiply. And so now we have a situation where no one is sure how many sandbar deer there are in Victoria, but it is in the hundreds of thousands. It could easily be half a million deer. Every year, hunters take tens of thousands of these deer out, but it's not enough. They are now being spotted in the outer suburbs of Melbourne. They are now an absolute pest and a nuisance and a liability on the roads around Mansfield and all the little settlements right through the high country. They have spread as far as the coastal bush territory of East Gippsland. Sandbar deer are now being seen in districts down past Bensdale, down past Lakes Entrance, through to Orbost. They are everywhere now where 20 years ago or 30 years ago they were never seen. These are big animals. They are among the biggest deer on earth. Some of them are as big as dairy cattle or small horses. The stags have particularly big antlers. And this, of course, is what attracts the rat bag shooters. Police believe these illicit deer poachers hunt just for the trophies. They're not interested in the meat. They hunt to cut the heads off the stags, which they do very rapidly after they've shot one. And they say that they are now using electric chainsaws, battery-powered chainsaws, so that they can shoot a stag, jump out of their vehicle, cut its head off in a few seconds with their electric chainsaw, toss it in the back of the ute, and speed off. The attraction of this, they say, is that they can sell them for cash on the black market because there is a good black market for stag heads. They are regarded as a very expensive item once they've been mounted. They could be worth in the low thousands in Australia and much more than that if exported to parts of Asia and Europe. The police believe some of the cowboys, the sort of guys they think ran over Bryce Ayres, sell these stag heads for about $150 cash, which most of them use to buy drugs. We know this because there are rather indiscreet online forums which are dominated by ratbags who go poaching deer. And these guys are not only mad enough to do what they do, but they're mad enough to boast about it online. And it's very easy to find posts about spotlighting sandbar throughout Victoria, which boast about shooters going for three days without sleep because they're on the, quote, trucky dust, or the, quote, devil's dandruff. These, of course, are references to amphetamines and cocaine. And the police believe that a lot of these wild young men that are doing this use the cash they get from shooting to buy drugs, which they then resell in their own hometowns. And so it appears that there is a direct line between illicit deer poaching, very dangerous practice, and low-level organised crime right through parts of rural Victoria. And so police are confident that there's a direct connection between illicit deer poachers, black market selling of animal products and drug dealing through rural Victoria. Of course, there are other spin-off crimes. It's well known that some of these shooters use suppressors, otherwise known as silencers. Now, suppressors or silencers in this country, in Australia, unlike New Zealand and some other jurisdictions, are highly illegal, probably because police consider them advantageous to criminals if they wanted to use firearms silently. 
And so, uh, unlike New Zealand, shooters in Australia, normal, everyday recreational shooters, are not allowed to purchase or use silencers and suppressors. They are used only by the military, perhaps by some police, and by specialist pest control shooters who, in some circumstances, use suppressors so as not to alarm householders. But, of course, any prohibition creates a market. And so it is known that there are people, one of them in Mansfield, it is said, who make homemade suppressors to a very high standard, which are used by these cowboy hunters to do the illegal things they do. None of what we've said today should be taken as any sort of criticism of legitimate deer hunters. Legitimate deer hunters are legitimate. Deer should be hunted in this country because they are a feral animal and a pest. In fact, bizarrely, sambar deer are still treated under the law as a game animal. That is, they are not meant to be taken year-round. You're not meant to shoot them willy-nilly, as you could in some other states where they are regarded properly as a pest animal, just like wild pigs, wild goats, foxes and wild dogs and so on. In fact, in Victoria, there is a direct link between the population boom of deer in the high country and an alarming population boom in wild dogs. Victoria has a lot of wild dogs through the high country and contrary to some people's belief, these are not purebred alpine dingoes and have not been so for many, many generations. Many of them are, in fact, part dingo and part domestic dog. Many of them, for that reason, are very big, large and savage because the original dingo wild dogs have crossed up with farm dogs and with hunting dogs that have been released or escaped into the bush. And so we have in the bush hybrid wild dogs that are part hound, part staghound, part foxhound, part perhaps German shepherd and any of the large tough breeds that can survive for long enough to breed. And so we have big dogs out there that are potentially dangerous to people. I have had photos sent to me by people who live in the high country of dogs that they have shot. These dogs are enormous. I have a photograph of one man holding up a dog that he shot. He's holding its back legs. Its nose is on the ground and its back legs are up around his chest. It is all he can do to hold its weight. These are potentially deadly animals and so much so that they have virtually eradicated the sheep breeding industry in some areas of the high country where sheep were bred and raised for generations. But now the dogs have got so bad that farmers have to use expensive electric fences to keep them out and they've had to switch mainly to cattle to stop them killing sheep willy-nilly because dogs will kill sheep by the dozen and by the hundred. It's just what they do. One of the reasons for the dogs breeding up so badly in the last few years is that there are now so many deer and so many deer being shot that the wild dogs bring up their pups on a plentiful supply of meat. So every time a shooter shoots a deer and packs out the hind legs and the head or whatever it is and leaves some of it in the high country, the dogs turn up 
and clean up the rest of the carcass. And that's all very well, but what it means is that the female dogs that used to have one litter a year and may not have brought all those pups up to maturity are now having two litters a year and all the pups are surviving. So all of a sudden, because of the rise in deer numbers, we have a massive rise in wild dog numbers. This is the story according to the people who actually live there. So here's the scenario in the high country of Victoria. Basically, almost a lawless place because there are so few police stationed in those areas. The areas are so big. And in the absence of a police presence, the shooters can do pretty well what they like, especially overnight. In fact, at Jamison, there is or was a local police officer, but that police officer has been on sick leave, legitimate sick leave, for some 18 months and still lives in the town, in the police house. But effectively, because he's on sick leave, there is no police presence in that entire district. That district, Jamison, right over to Gaffney's Creek and Woods Point and right down towards La to the Gippsland side, effectively, most of the time, does not have a police presence. And the bad guys know that. Now, police believe there's a direct line between these illegal poachers and local level drug dealing. They think they're using the cash from shooting the deer and getting the trophies to buy drugs, which they then take back to their hometowns to sell. They believe there's a line between these guys and black market gun dealers, the sort of gun dealers who deal in infrared scopes and in silencers and suppressors, and of course, in unregistered guns. Because if one of these cowboys loses his shooting licence, if he has a shooting licence, the next thing he's going to do before he gets his licence back a year or two later is to go and buy an illegal weapon and keep right on shooting. And so we have that classic situation where from little crimes, bigger crimes grow. Thanks for listening. Please comment or rate it on whatever platform you're using. And if you haven't done it already, please subscribe. Hi, I'm Jen Kelly from The Herald Sun. Join me for In Black and White, a podcast series about some of Melbourne's forgotten characters. It's available on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime.